Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water Cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. 
This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk in, call in, click in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to a special edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Sam Clancy is here, and he's on the ground in Mobile, Alabama, Senior Bowl. And this is, uh, I guess we could call it a Senior Bowl special. We are not ignoring the 8,000-pound elephant in the room. We will talk about that on our later podcast this week with Chris Kaufman. So we're not ignoring that. We're going to talk Senior Bowl in this podcast and as always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN for 20% off your entire order. They are up to the 4.0, the lawnmower 4.0. So, Simon, have you seen what the 4.0 looks like? Very sleek, aerodynamic. I haven't, but if it's anything like the 3.0, then it'll be majestic in its work. It does have the LED lighting in case you get stuck in a mining accident. So you do have that. As you always tend to do when um when uh you're using uh shaving material all right so senior bowl uh first some aesthetics who's coaching do you recognize any of the coaches uh anything that we should be thinking about as far as uh position coaches on either of the teams american or national yeah that you've I mean, recognized the national team is obviously being coached by the jets kind of low-key uh, there's much more uh there's much more vibe about the Detroit uh, sessions with the American team. Uh, They're much more up-tempo. They're just better organized. Uh, I think Robert Sala fell over yesterday, got tripped up by a camera woman, which was quite funny. Um, I think Kelvin Shepard, the former Dolphins linebacker, LSU linebacker, uh, is one of the coaches at, um, on the Lions squad. And you could see him yesterday working with uh, the edge rushers. So Amari Barner, Virginia Tech, Jermaine Johnson of Florida State. Kingsley and the bar of South Carolina and you could see them soaking up what he was saying and it was great to watch and you could actually see within minutes what he'd been teaching them actually showing up Antoine Randall is the wide receivers coach um and he was taking the um the national receivers through their uh, the American receivers sorry through their paces uh, yesterday and then right I was right in front of them today watching them specifically and doing some drills and he can still spin the ball as well as a quarterback so um there were some balls bouncing off people's hands, and uh, but yeah, the the Lions coaches are far more up tempo than um, than the Jets. It, it, it's just a much better session than um, than the other one. So uh, so yeah, interesting stuff. Um, first off, some observations. You watched the practices yesterday. Today, suppose uh, you were telling me it was a downpour. Yeah, so- it's been down and rain all day, like literally all day. I've just stood in the rain for five hours, getting absolutely soaked, freezing cold. Back at the Airbnb now. Um, drying out the clothes um, and trying to get my feet back to some sort of normal temperature. But it was um, it was pretty grim today. It was lovely yesterday. I got sunburned yesterday, but um, 
it's been grim as fuck today. And rumor is that the uh, tomorrow's practices are going to be indoors at the um, South Alabama indoor facility because there's some inclement weather, even more inclement coming in than there has been today. So, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't make particularly great viewing today, um, or certainly not enjoyable viewing. Um, but it's uh, needs muster. Were they doing any one v one today, or did they just take all of that out and just do individual drills today? No, they did because of the weather. No, they do they do do one v ones. They do one v ones kind of um, offensive line versus uh, defensive line, and then receivers against corners. They did that yesterday. They did that today. Um, so the pit drills are always the most interesting and exciting, just because of the kind of the the physicality that goes on. The, and there's a really good group of there's a really good group of of linemen. On, to be fair, there's a really good group of linemen on both uh, squads. I think the offensive line in the uh, national team is better, um, but it's it, it's still a good still a good group. And you've got some really good. You know, you've got Haskell Garrett and Perry on Winfrey on the defensive line. MyJ Sanders of Cincinnati. Um, for for the national team so there was some real juice there was some real intensity especially today um some great 1v1 battles some real you know and these things are stacked a little bit towards the defensive line so mm. you know, when an offensive lineman does show up and put in a you know a really good performance it you know you really do take note but it was getting chippy today there was some pushing there was some shoving there was uh, Winfrey, the Oklahoma DT, was really kind of leading the charge in terms of getting everybody fired up. Really, really giving it some mouth to the to the offensive line, and the, the, you know some tense moments. Trevor Penning uh, got into it with a couple of guys. Got into it with Jesse Lucarta, the the DE of, um, of Penn State. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting stuff. There was some real um, some real high intensity stuff, and and that's the kind of thing that coaches encourage. And the Jets coaches were certainly certainly getting after that and encouraging that. And there was a there was a real moment with Cole Strange, uh, the Tennessee Chattanooga center or center guard, and Logan Hall, who's had a really good um, couple of days, the Houston DT, um, and they kind of got, they sort of had a one v, they had a one v one. Strange won the first, Hall won the second, and everybody is hooping and hollering. So the Jets guys made them do a third, and it, it, it was real tense. There was a lot of pushing and a lot of shoving, and and Hall kind of really won the rep early. Um, and the hooping and the hollering from the from the defensive line and, and Winfrey and one other guy, I can't think who it was, were kind of went right over to Strange, were right in his face, or sort of waving at him as if to say bye bye, mate, and you know, get to fuck. And it was um it was intense <laughs> stuff, but all good nature at the end. They were all shaking hands and stuff when the when the session was finished. So but yeah, real intense to watch. All right. Now I'm gonna walk you through uh kind of the positions that you know, and then we're gonna just we're gonna just do general talk on the national team and the American team. But I'll walk you through some of the positions that Dolphin fans, although they don't have a head coach, but they have a pretty good idea of what this team kind of needs, right? Yeah. So uh, what did you see? And I don't know if you want me to ask you about individual teams or just in general, the wide why receivers. Start, start, why don't you start with the national and then we'll work and then do, and do the American afterwards. Okay, perfect. Uh, national uh, wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I mean, interesting group, not an amazing group. I think the best player probably from the from the national team was probably Christian Watson of North Dakota State. He's six foot three. He just moves really well. He looks a real physical specimen, gets in and out of his breaks really well. Caught a really nice deep ball today from Carson Strong over over Kobe Bryant, the Thorpe Award winning DB. Um, obviously, no Jahan Dotson, the Penn State receiver, who's probably a top 40 guy he pulled out. Um, uh, Romeo Dubs of Nevada has played pretty well, but I think Christian Watson for me is stood out. Alec Pierce has had a nice, 
had a nice couple of days. Um, the one disappointment, I suppose, the, the guy who struggled a bit is Bo Melton um, of Rutgers. Um, but Christian Watson, a really impressive player, catching passes, obviously, from Trey Lance last year, uh, the season before. But he's um, he stood out for me. He even took some reps at, at, as a cornerback um, when, they were, when the corners were sort of practicing and then obviously flipped over to the, to the receivers. But he just looks, he's really just really well proportioned really well proportioned receiver he was um and, and certainly didn't look out of place given he's an, an fcs player so um i thought watson was a good uh, a good player all right and moving on to the the running backs um two in particular and you could speak on the rest on the national team but rashad white jerome ford of cincinnati rashad yeah. white of arizona state um yeah. you know i i we've heard already the the, the comparisons, okay? <laughs> I've heard you out there. I'm not Kalen Balaging this kid, okay? <laughs> he just he just looks good to me, yeah, all right? But one thing we did learn about Kalen Balage, he's giant, can catch the ball great, and he was really, really fast. But he yeah. went in the fourth round for a reason. Uh, Rashad White is helping himself here this week, Simon? Yeah, he looks, he looks the part. He's six foot, two hundred and ten pounds. He's long. He's smooth. He glides across the across the turf. He's um, he just looked the best receiver of this group. He's got probably, I think he's probably got the softest hands in the draft as a as a running back. Reminds me a little bit of Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and I think talking to people here, he's really well liked in NFL circles. He really hasn't kind of he's hidden a little bit because he sort of shares time in the backfield with Diamante Trenayam uh, and. Um, uh, what's the other guy called Daniel Agata, um, late bloomer, Juco kid. Um, but he's just a glide. He looks, he looks a bit like Marcus Allen physically when he runs, mm-hmm. he just glides effortlessly over the turf. Um, I really like him. He's a really good player. Um, uh, quick question on Rashad White. Uh, Zerline has him, and he's usually very, very good with this, with, with this kind of thing. He has him with a third, fourth round grade. Is he wrong? Uh, no, I think sort of late to. <laughs> I'd say late two, early three. I think he's okay. a, I think he's a nice player, and I think he's really helped himself this week. He, he, he. I think he could early, early on carve out the sort of role that Chris Evans has carved out in Cincinnati, um, in terms of getting on the field as a receiver. But I think he's a better running back, um, and it wouldn't surprise me. I think he's a long term starter. Um, just looked good in here in Mobile. He's just looked good on both days. It's difficult to evaluate running backs at the senior bowl because it's very few. Mm. Like it's not predicated. It's not set up to help running backs in terms of how the drills are, you know, they very rarely get, um, you know, that they, they don't get a lot of practice practicing the, the, the reps that they're going to run and really and truly they, they only get three or four, you know, actual plays and it's literally plays that they've just been handed in the huddle. Um, so it's not set up for running backs to necessarily do well, but when they do show up well, and there's a, there's a running back in the American team we'll talk about in a minute, um, who's played really well as well. But, um, I, I like what I've seen out of Rashad White. And Jerome Ford, obviously Alabama transfer. Um, he is much smaller physically than I thought he'd be. He looks small, um, which is a surprise to me. I mean, he's 5'10", 209. Um, he actually backed up Jared Dokes, took over the starter in 2001. Uh, he's, uh, he presses the line of scrimmage really, really well. Uh, in fact, as well as anybody in the draft, actually. He's a really good receiver, dynamic when he sees the crease. But like I said, it's just hard to judge exactly how good these backs are based on how the setup of the practices but um yeah Ford's a good player he just looks very compact very 
very small, almost like a third down back, even though I think he's probably more than that. All right. And uh, before we move on to more pressing needs for the Dolphins, you can't help but just look at the this roster and see that the three quarterbacks are Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong, and Desmond Ritter. Now, yeah. you saw them all today. Uh, who looks the part? Is there a first-rounder in that group? I think Strong's the best quarterback in the draft, actually. Um, but he has a significant knee history, which will probably knock him out of the first round. The ball just comes off his hand differently. He's got a big arm. He just throws it differently. Kenny Pickett really struggled in the rain today. Um, I actually think Pickett has been the, the worst of three over the two days. Desmond Ritter is kind of so-so. He's, you know, it, it's the sort of Desmond Ritter that you see at Cincinnati. Flashes of brilliance, flashes of inconsistency. Um, you know, I'm not saying that Carson Strong has been tearing up trees, but the, just like I said, the ball just comes off his hand differently. He's connected him a couple of deep balls. He's overthrown a couple of guys, which is hard to do here. Um you know, with a couple of the burners that are they're out there, but you know he's throwing the ball sixty yards, seventy yards in the air, probably not seventy, but sixty yards in the air. Um, but of these three quarterbacks, he's um, to me he's been the best. He's stout, really stout in the lower half, so he's got a really big ass, big legs, not as mobile obviously as um, as Ritter or indeed Pickett, but you know he can get the ball down. He's just he's really good at manipulating space in the pocket to be able to throw off different platforms. So um, he's he's played all right, Carson Strong. All right, and uh, before we, we move on to the American uh, team, obviously we got to talk about tackles. Dolphins don't have any right now, yeah. at least none that we can count on. So has anything stood out to you watching these practices on this team as far as an offensive tackle, somebody to play at right or even left tackle? On the- yeah, the three tackles to me that stood out on the, for, the, um, for the national team. But one on one side, one on the other, one on the left, which is Bernhard Ryman, the Central Michigan left tackle, just looks like a really, really good. Um, you know, he's so inexperienced. You know, he's he uh, is from Austria, uh, played uh, in VL, born in Vienna, born and raised there, came over here. Um, he has played. Uh, he has played well. Um, he's got good hands. He has got good movement skills. He looks really good in space. He looks, you know, he he looks better. Than, than Trevor Penning, who people I think had thought that he was likely to be the better of the, so certainly over the last couple of months, it's felt like Penning has been slightly higher in, in, in draft grades. To me, Ryman is a converted tight end. He only moved to left tackle in 2020, but he has got, I think he's got all pro upside if he's, if he's, um, if he's coached the right way. You know, he's powerful, he's athletic, he's got excellent hands. He's just this moldable ball of clay. Um, who just takes information, soaks it up. You can see it on the field. Um, he's played really well. And then on the other side, Abraham Lucas, who's been one of my favourite tackles for a long, long time. Uh, he has been, he is a day one NFL-ready right tackle who will play for 10 years at a really high level. He has, I, I just think he's been dominant in almost every rep um, this week. He's smooth. He, you know, you, you turn the tape on, you watch him against Kayvon Thibodeau, one-on-one, on an island, handling himself. He looks great in space. Um, he is a pound-the-table prospect for me. Ah, to me, he's a, fir- he's a first-round pick. You know, he produces and absorbs force really well. When he gets his hands on you, he's all business. He's a four-year starter. He's one of the safest picks in the draft. I mean, I, I just think he's a tremendous player. And he's been superb here in Mobile. He has looked. Uh, he took my Jay Sanders, the Cincinnati defensive end, and just dominated him in rep after rep. And Sanders is straight up and down. He's a proper, you know, skinny, you know, 
flexible, bendy edge rusher, and Lucas just gave him nothing all day. All right, and then finishing up, uh, two questions. Uh, one question that I will, I, will, I would want to ask you is, in my opinion, the defense is almost a finished product. I think they desperately need somebody to play alongside Jerome Baker. Is that guy on the national squad? And the final question is, who were your top performers for the first two days on the national squad? I think Chad Moomer, the linebacker from Wyoming, is a really good player. I'd be very interested in seeing him. He is... He just diagnoses really quickly. He exceeds explosive. Um, I think just mentioned, going back to the offensive line, I think there's a couple of players on there who I've been very impressed with this week. Zion Johnson at Boston College played some centre, left guard. He's just a really good player. He's a day one starter to me. Um, and then uh, Cole Strange, actually, Tennessee Chattanooga, and Jatire Carter of Southern uh, both played really well. Small school guys, gone up against big school talent. And have done a really good job. I, I, what was your other question? Is a, a, a in terms yeah, just of, yeah, just uh, who's the, you know who's up. been yeah best on the national squad the, through the first two days? I think Perry and Winfrey of Oklahoma has been outstanding, and I think um, Abraham Lucas has been outstanding. I think those two have really kind of those, those two have really stood out for me. Um, there's a couple of other players who played. You know, Jake Ferguson has made some nice catches. Trey McBride, the tight end has caught the ball well. Zion Johnson has played well. Ryman's played well. Um, Arnold Ibekete, uh, uh, the, the defence of the edge rusher from, from Penn State, has had his moments as well. Um, Logan Hall of Houston. Dominique Robinson is a good player. Miami of Ohio guy. He's, um, he, he stood out as well. But uh, for me, it's the, the, those linemen that I mentioned that have done really well. All right, moving on to the American team. Um, same question. We'll start right at the top. Wide receivers. Uh, what did you see? And, you know, anything that you like uh, early on? Let's say top 100 picks. Are there any top? Because I'm looking at this list uh, of the American team. I don't think there are. I'm not so sure there's a top 50 guy here. No, there's definitely not. I, I mean, I like, I like Danny Gray of SMU coming in, um, but he hasn't really stood out. Um Felix Jones has got incredible speed. He's going to be a great return man. He doesn't have great hands. Trey Turner is a kind of above-the-rim guy from Virginia Tech, but he looks a little bit smaller than, than I expected. He's, uh, he's got some hops, but I didn't. Uh, he just came in small. Ontario Drummond has played. Like, they all struggled a little bit. Um, Jalen Tolbert, some people like him, the South Alabama kid, obviously playing in his home stadium. I, I didn't like him particularly on film. I didn't love him on film. Um, yeah, to me, there's the, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Danny Gray on tape, but he didn't really stand out for me this week so far. All right. Moving on to the running backs, uh, is Brian, Ro two questions. Okay. Since there's only four on the roster for the American team. First question is Brian Robinson, the first running back taken and how good has Damian Pierce looked these first two days? First running back taken in the entire draft or first running back taken from this group. In the entire draft, Brian Robinson yeah. from Alabama. I don't, I don't think so. Um, okay. I, I really like him. I, I, I don't think he's, and again, I go back to the fact that it's difficult to, to show up. I don't think he's been fantastic this week. What's interesting about him, Robinson looks like an NFL star. He is six foot one, 226 pounds. He's a big physical back. Devonta Price, I was really looking forward to see. He was listed at 6'2", 224 pounds. He actually was six foot 198 pounds, which is massive. He looks really smooth. He's got a really big lower body. Um, the standout for me has been Damian Pierce, the Florida running back. You yeah. know, he's low cut, low slung, low to the ground. He's a bowling ball of a running back. He bounces off tackles. 
he has broken a couple of big ones, uh, broke one today, one yesterday, just looks a really good player, plays special teams, got really good hands. Um, I think Damian Pierce is, a, is an NFL starter. I've got a, a mate that covers Seattle who absolutely thinks he's the best running back in the draft. And um, he's certainly come to Florida. He's come to um, to Mobile and really, um, really turned on the um, the good performances. And moving on to the quarterbacks, it's another good group: uh, Malik yep. Willis, Bailey Zabe, uh, Sam Howell. Yeah, good group. Uh, at one point, and I could show these receipts. Uh, Sam Howell was considered a top ten pick. I don't see how. He even makes it into the first round. He's worked two days in the senior bowl. Um, has he helped his case any these first um, two days? I I think you have to look at the bigger picture with Sam Howe, actually. Um, I don't think he was particularly helped by the graduation of of his top five weapons from last season. You know, you can't mm-hmm. lose all that talent on the offense. Uh, I think he had a really good season. Um, he suit to me, he's a He's an outstanding runner. He spins the ball really well. I think he's. I thought he played really well yesterday. Threw, threw the ball really well yesterday. I thought he's he's thrown the ball well today as well. Um, I like him a lot. I mean, I think he's a. He's not the flashiest of players, um, and you'll go through stretches of the game where you don't think he's doing that much, and then he'll just hit you with a big throw, which sets off on a big run. He's kind of you know, it, it's a bit of a cliche, but he looks and feels a bit like a Baker Mayfield style guy. Strong mm. arm, energy, elite toughness, much better runner. Um, and like I said, you know, when you lose Darmy Brown and, and Michael Carter and Javonta Williams, and you know, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to. He's a he's a he's a shotgun RPO passer. He'd actually fit the Dolphins system really well. Um, obviously, the Dolphins have got a quarterback, but I, I think he if he can be used in the same manner in which Ryan Tannehill was used by Arthur Smith in Tennessee, I think that would really make the best of his ability. I think he's um I think he's a very interesting player. And I, he's certainly not done himself any harm. As well. All right. And uh, same question as before. Uh, is there a tackle in this group that interests or piques your interest? Um, I don't think this wide receiver, I don't think this offensive line group is as good as the, as the group in, um, in the national team. What I like about it, though, there's a few players here that I find really interesting. One of whom is, um, is the Memphis guard, Dylan Parham. They moved to center and he was absolutely outstanding. I mm. think center is his. I mean, he was making some outstanding blocks yesterday and today. There's some good players here. You know, you look at Jabari Salia of Georgia, who played left tackle for the Bulldogs, national championship run. I think he's a guard, but he's he's been okay. Darian Kennard, the big right tackle at Kentucky's done well. The interesting kid is Max Mitchell, straight up and down kid from Louisiana. Looks like a tight end. You know, he needs work, but he's a he's an interesting player. And then a couple of the smaller school guys, you know. Spencer Burford and Braxton Jones of Southern Utah. Jones has had a Jones has had a not a bad week. You know, again stepping up and and playing against bigger um, talent. You know, he's going up against guys like Phil Darian Mathis, and you know he's a small school kind of big upside, very athletic, and he's got these kind of eighty-five inch arms. You know, there's some technique issues. He plays a little high, but he's quick. He's efficient. Um, there needs to be some technique refinement. Um, but he's got great hands and he's, you know, the ability to, to, to jolt position and then continue to move his hands to, to maintain position. Um, yeah, I think Braxton Jones has, uh, has done a nice job. It's, like I said, it's not as good a group, um, but there are some interesting, there's some interesting players there. All right. And then finishing up the same two questions as before, is there a linebacker to play alongside Jerome Baker 
on this squad and what were your your impressions of the best uh, top performers for the American team the first two days? Like Channing Tindall, the Georgia linebacker, he's really fast. He's really uh, he's he's got amazing. Um, he's a, he's an excellent blitzer, and that works really well uh, in terms of what we obviously want to do. You know, Baker blitzed a lot, and then we moved him outside. I think Tindall blitzes really well, um, and uh, he's a really good player. Um, I think he's been the best of the. Um, I think he's been the best of the linebackers by by a long chalk. Um, I like Jojo Deman of Nebraska, but he, mm. he hasn't really. He hasn't really shown up. He looks much better on tape. Um, but I think Tyndall is a, you know, a really good Mike linebacker, explosive, athletic, sideline to sideline. You know, he strikes with force. Um, yeah. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player. All right. And the top guys from the American squad for the first two days. The top guys from the American squad. Blimey. Uh, Roger McCreary, the corner from Auburn, I think he's a, uh, has had a really good, just his hips. He just looks really, really smooth, moves really, really well. Uh, John Ridgeway, defensive tackle from, from Arkansas, uh, has played well. And then I think it's um, it's Jermaine Johnson, the, the Florida State edge, I think has played really well. Uh, Damian Pierce looks good. Um, so, yeah, there's um, it, it's kind of guys like that, I think, that stood out for me. Um, I think Jermaine Johnson, probably the best of the group. All right. And uh, that should do it for this. And we will have another show this week and, you know, we'll, we'll deal with a lot of other things. What does your schedule look like for the rest of senior bowl week? Practice tomorrow. Uh, and then heading up uh, to near Atlanta to see an old friend, high school coach um, who has coached a number of uh, Kobe Hudson is a receiver at Auburn, who will be a, a draft pick next year. Um, the kid at Alabama, King Recruiter, who was a five-star recruit. He backs up with Anderson, so we're going to go see him on Friday before heading over to San Francisco. All right. And then, uh, I, you know, I, I got you on the air here. I, I got to mine you for some information. Uh, Mike McDaniel's uh, interview has been moved to Friday, and it seems that there's going to be a full compliment in that interview. I guess Kellen Morse remains tomorrow. Uh, there's not much information coming out, but what have you heard as far as interviews? We do know that uh, Mike McDaniel was moved to Friday. I don't know what you have heard. Mm. I heard that just before coming on. Um, I mean, nothing is. It kind of feels like the 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 beat is drumming for um, McDaniel, but at this stage, you know who knows, and and who knows what the effect of what, what's happened over the last twenty four hours has, has had on their thought process. But as you know, one NFL guy told me last night, there are only thirty two of these jobs. Um, you know, and for someone like McDaniel, who's only had one interview, you know, how often are, you know, he's not going to be an offensive coordinator in San Francisco in terms of pure play caller. So how often are these opportunities going to come up? We know that the Dolphins like him. We'll, uh, we'll see how it plays out. But, um, but yeah, it kind of feels like he's the, he's the guy at the moment, especially with Jim Harbaugh heading to, or feels like heading to Minnesota potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may well go back to, to Michigan, but I don't think he's certainly don't think he's coming to Miami. So, and I just don't think Kellen Moore's ready. I mean, it does. It just doesn't strike me as the right move. Yeah, and yeah, and it's true what you said. It, there's only it's only 32 of these jobs. It's a lot of money, and these guys have egos. Okay, these guys in professional sports have egos, and you sell it very easily. Uh, you know, we've been talking on this podcast so how you easily sell this. The roster is not terrible. It's not a rebuilding roster. It's a team that won 10 and then nine games two years in a row. 
You got two first round picks in a year if you don't like the quarterback you have. And you got a pile of cap space this year to improve what's on the roster right now. And the mission seems to be kind of clear, right? The offense stinks. You got to fix it. The interesting thing is it's going to take a systematic change in terms of um, in terms of the system. Um, if Mike McDaniel comes in, you know, in terms of the, the offensive linemen, for example, in terms of their movement ability, it's very different to what we've been drafting currently, obviously predicated on running backs, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and he's worked fairly exclusively apart from that time in Washington um, with Bobby Turner, certainly in Denver with Mike Shanahan in San Francisco. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the, the kind of um, the kind of assistance he brings in, but also stylistically the kind of running backs and you look at, you know, you go back as far back as Terrell Davis and um, Anderson and Orlandis Gary, and then up through, you know, the guys that he's had in San Francisco, Elijah Mitchell currently, but Matt Breida and, and the kid is now pulling out, always pulling up trees for the Chiefs. And, mm. you know, the, the 49ers have had an excellent run game. And, you know, he's been the run game coordinator and has been um, a lot of the reason why, you know, it was his idea to shift, um, to shift, uh, Debo Samuel and, uh, and make him play running back as well. So, you know, I think that the years of Miami ignoring the running back position are gone um, if he comes in. But certainly it's going to take some extra work to uh, change the the mindset and the style of that offensive line in, in terms of how he's going to want to run the ball. Absolutely. And whoever comes in here, it's a blank slate. There's nothing redeeming from from this offense, from this offense period. Like there's nothing there. It's a blank canvas on the offensive side of the ball. You just got a handful of players on defense. You, you got a lot more to work with. But also, right. that's, he's going to want to. He's going to want to do anyway. Isn't he? He's going to want to stamp his authority and stamp his, yeah. you know, his uh, way with that offense. So we'll um, we'll see how it plays out. All right, all right. That's it. There is no more. The next time we talk to you, we will talk about all the things that have ha- have gone on for the last forty eight hours and this week, and what will be happening going forward. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards.
Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.